Today on the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast, I meet with Crystal Bonnet, a raw vegan chef and author of the just-published beautiful cookbook, The Art of Raw Desserts. Crystal is a graduate of the Matthew Kenny Culinary Academy and of the Pure Joy Academy. She develops unique and delicious all-vegan raw recipes, and she now teaches everything she knows to home cooks and professional chefs alike. You can find her courses on her website, crystaldawnculinary.com. In this interview, Crystal shares what got her started on her vegan and raw journey. She describes her lifestyle today, and she shares her best tips for beginners to get started in adding a little bit more raw food into their diet. I am so excited to be talking with you, Crystal, today about raw food. Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the invite and I'm excited to talk to you. Awesome. Uh, let's start by talking about how you came to eat um, a lot of raw food, a lot of well, vegan food for starters, but what is your, your journey toward this, this whole raw food thing? Yeah, sure. So I will try to keep it short. My journey has been very progressive throughout my whole life. I didn't just wake up one day and become vegan overnight. Um, I know a lot of people have done that, which is so amazing. Um, I realized at a really young age, when I was about five years old, that I made that connection between meat and animals. And I didn't want to eat red meat, so I had stopped eating red meat. And then as time progressed... I just started losing the appetite for more animal-based products. So in my early 20s, I cut out all white meat because at that time I was only not eating red meat, but then I was also having skin issues. So I quit dairy. Um, and then at the same time, I quit eating all of meat together. So I was, you know, pescatarian because I was still eating seafood and eggs. Um, and then as time progressed, fast forward to my... What geez, I have to think about the math here. Um, in my kids, I've been vegan now for oh, 10 years. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> when I was 30, I was working in a huge office, about 400 people, and I was constantly getting sick. And I was living in Edmonton, Alberta, you know, where it's really dry and cold, and so you can't get outside much in the winter. And just my immune system and my whole body was telling me something, something was wrong. And at that time, I was eating pescatarian, but I was never a cook or a chef, and I hated cooking. And even cutting up an apple was like the end of the world for me. <laughs> so I wasn't eating a lot of fresh foods. I was eating a lot of processed food, packaged oatmeal, packaged frozen meals, a lot of eggs with gluten-free toast, you know, maybe sometimes with avocado. So I'm not eating the micronutrients and all the vitamins and minerals that we get from fresh living fruits and vegetables. And so how I had realized that was I was constantly getting sick. And then so I'm like, clearly I need to do some kind of detox or something. And my body hates me right now. So I was looking online and I just came across a 21 day raw food reset. And right then and there, I knew that that was exactly what I needed. And that's what I was going to do. I was so committed and I downloaded this meal plan, a 21-day meal plan, 
um, back in, yeah, 10 years ago now. And I went out, I had nothing, right? Because like I said, I was never an avid cook. I didn't have any spices. I didn't have ingredients. I had to start from scratch. So I went and bought, I was so committed though. I went and bought the Vitamix. I invested in all of this stuff for my health, went and bought all the spices, all the superfoods, all of these things, the food processor. And I did this 21 day rapid reset and I couldn't believe how amazing I felt. And I just couldn't go back to eating seafood and eggs. I totally lost the palate for it after the 21 days. And that's how everything started and spiraled from there. I started eating high raw. I don't eat 100% raw. I eat about 80 to 90% depending on the season. And um, I found my creativity, my passion for raw foods. And that's what I do today now with my business. That is just beautiful. I'm so glad that it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful that it worked for you as well, you know, that it took you from this place where you were pretty much down to this energized and mm-hmm. lively place 10 years later, which is often a time yeah. of life when a lot of people kind of lose out <laughs> in, in that period. And it sounds like you gained a lot more life from doing this. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I never had any kind of hobby or a passion before that. And I just felt like I was existing and surviving, you know, I was working a nine to five that obviously I didn't like and just living that um, day-to-day life. And I didn't have anything in my life that really excited me or ignited a fire and passion in me. So when I had discovered raw food and the creativity of it, um, then, you know, I started a food blog and started doing food photography and I found this creative creative side that I never knew that I had. And so, yeah, and that's how I want, decided I wanted to turn it into a business because I loved it so much. And I was like, I can't see myself doing anything else. How this, um, because you were not professionally involved in culinary arts previously, were you? No, never. So how does so one my only culinary training is right. raw, raw vegan food. Right, right, right. So how does one become a, a raw vegan chef? I mean, I think really it's just all about experience and knowledge. Um, if you put in the practice and want to learn, for me, I love to learn. So I took every course under the sun that I could take. Um And I just like wanted to keep learning and learning and learning. I traveled all over the world, took courses, took, you know, all the online courses and, um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just honestly, I think just really knowledge and experience. That's awesome. And you're coming to the stage now where, uh, you're really sharing your knowledge with others. Uh, we'll talk about your courses in a moment, but the big event for you in your life right now in your professional life is that you're launching your first print book, and it is called The Art of Raw Desserts. Tell me a little bit more about what made you decide that it was the right time to do a project like that. Well, actually, it's funny because I had never wanted to do a cookbook because I knew how much work they were, and I've seen other people go through the process. Um, And so I had never reached out to anyone. It wasn't an endeavor that I ever wanted to take on. And I was approached by a couple of publishers before this one, and I declined. Um, I just didn't like the offers, and it just didn't feel right, and it didn't align. And then when this publisher came along and they contacted me, I had a meeting with them, 
everything just felt right and aligned. And um, I really liked how they were really supportive with the authors and uh, they let me have total creative freedom. And yeah, so then I decided, you know what, this is a good time. I love this publisher. I have the time to do it. And yeah, they, they wanted me to do Rogers, which was my specialty. And so I was totally down for that. Is there a reason to start with desserts as opposed to, I don't know, soup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, desserts, I think, are one of the best raw food transition cuisines that you can either give to somebody who's never eaten raw food or start in the kitchen yourself because most people love sweets. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, no one's going to refuse, like, say, a raw chocolate truffle or a raw chocolate brownie like, or raw vegan ice cream. I mean, even if you say it is raw vegan and you show it to someone who's really skeptical, who's non-vegan, I'm it's going to look delicious. They're going to want to eat it. So I feel like it's a really good segue into vegan food and into raw foods. Um, so that's why I love raw desserts, but also, too, I love the creativity, the color of raw desserts. Um, I feel like they're a, a lot funner to make than savory raw food. I have a lot of fun with savory raw food as well. But, you know, raw desserts just look so pretty and delicate. And there's so many different designs you can do. You can get really creative with them. Um, and, yeah, I just I've always had a sweet tooth. So I really dove into raw desserts and took all the courses that I could take. And I had a little farmer's market business where I was selling raw chocolate at one point in Edmonton, Alberta. And, um yeah, I just, I think raw desserts are a great segue. It's probably easier to get taste testers as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's, totally. it's a battle for that. I would, I would fight to be one of your, your testers. Uh, totally. Like my husband brings when I was doing the cookbook and you can imagine how many desserts I was testing and how many I had on hand all the time. And so my husband was constantly bringing them to work for his buddies and they would, they would be like, you know, eating these red velvet brownies. And they're like, these are the best chocolate brownies we've ever had. And then my husband tells them, yeah, guess what? They're raw vegan and they're made with real beets. And they're totally shocked. You know, the blue collar <laughs> construction guys, like just devouring these raw vegan desserts. That's amazing. beautiful. I love it. That's awesome. So tell me yeah. a little bit more about the process of creating a cookbook such as the one you've just done, what's, what's involved? Because I, I know it's a lot of work, uh, but share a little mm -hmm. bit for um, our listeners to get, a, get an idea of what it's like. Yeah, for sure. Well, I had an amazing, have an amazing publisher. And so they are really, really organized and they have teams that specialize in every area. Um, so they really guide you and take you through the whole process. And the first thing that we had to do was obviously figure out what the cookbook was going to be. And then you have to come up with the table of contents, um, having the outline, which was really helpful. I always say now to people, whenever they're creating anything on any project, create the outline first and then build on there because otherwise you're going to be so lost. Um, and that was, yeah, the best thing that we could do. So we solidified the table of contents and then I got to work on testing the recipes. Um, once I had all of the recipes completed, then I did all of the photos because I did my own photos for the book. And then you, so then you come up with the recipes and you're like, wait, I still have to write all the chapters. 
<laughs> so then, so then I wrote the book at that point and then submitted the manuscript and then I submitted the photos after it. And then it goes through a whole big process then with the publisher, right? It goes through many rounds of editing, design, a lot of back and forth, um, all of the med gram measurements, conversions. It's, it's a big process. Um, and then when that's all done, then you get into all of the marketing and they have a really amazing marketing team that, uh, yeah, really took the reins on that. And um, we're in that process right now. So, yeah, it's a long process. It's funny. I signed the contract in um, January of 2021 and it's just being released now in December. Almost two full years later. Yeah. Almost a couple wow. years later. Um, what's your day like when you're working on that? Like, do you do multiple recipes in a day and take all the photos? How does how does it all work? So it totally depends, um, especially on my creative mood, because as a creative and when you're trying to create recipes and come up with something new, you have to be in, in a certain mindset. So it really, really depends on the day. I mean, there was days when I was going until two in the morning, just making recipes all day and getting them photographed. Um, I also reshot a ton of them because I didn't like how the first photos turned out. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, it really all depends. I also run my online business. So every day is very different for me. Right now I'm done the cookbook. So I am focusing more on my online business, but so it really just varies. A little bit of catch up, I'm sure, when you kind of push the book through and then it's like, oh, all the things I haven't been doing. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I was creating a course at the same time as the cookbook. So it was it was a lot. So I was creating savory recipes for my savory course and then <sighs> creating raw desserts for the cookbook at the same time. And I remember... I was like, why did I do this to myself? Because the manuscript was due right at the exact same time that I had launched my brand new course. So it was a lot. It was like this whole year, 2022. I mean, literally all I did was work um, and like just worked myself to the ground. I'm taking two weeks off in January to go to Thailand on a de detox retreat, which is much needed. <laughs> So I can't wait for that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely worked very, very hard this year on all of these projects, but it's fun, right? It's, I love doing it. I was just going to ask you, where does somebody who eats mostly raw food go on a vacation? Because I'm guessing yeah. a place like Eastern Europe is not on the map necessarily, but there's no. going to be better options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I love going to tropical places, obviously, because there's so much fresh fruit and fresh produce, but I've never been to Thailand. Bali is one of my favorite places to go. Obviously it's a raw food Mecca. There's like a juice bar on every corner in Ubud, Bali. Um, I've been there twice and absolutely loved it. I love going to Mexico and I've never been to Thailand and it's always been my dream to go to one of these detox resorts. So I, yeah, I just can't wait. It's, I'm super excited. That sounds awesome. And I look forward to your review. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Let's talk a little bit for people who are listening and who are not familiar necessarily with the raw food movement and who may be wondering, like, why would you do that? You know, I, I like my food to be cooked, you know. Um, so 
tell me a little bit about what are the benefits of a raw food approach and what you personally like the most about it? Yeah, so raw food is very important for our bodies because it's a way for us to get those living micronutrients, the living foods, the hydration that our cells need, that our body needs in order for everything to flow through our for our organs to work properly, um, detox. Yeah, so especially two raw foods are really high vibration and it's important to get that high vibrational energy when you're eating the raw foods and you do notice a big difference. Um, and for me, myself, I notice if I'm eating a lot of cooked food, just everything, my energy, my vibration, just everything will come down. Um, I'll start to feel like really lethargic. Um, and yeah, raw food is just really important and beneficial just for overall health, just to get the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that our body needs. What is the definition of raw or living? Like what's the point at which something leaves the realm of raw and becomes cooked, for example? Yeah, good question. So these studies have been done that any food that's been heated above 115 to 118 degrees Fahrenheit starts to lose its, um, all of the vitamins and nutrients start to get degraded and starts to lose its nutrition. So this is kind of the threshold, the raw threshold, which is great because you can still heat up the food a bit, like through dehydration, even through sous vide, and still you're able to eat warm, comforting foods without um, eating cooked. And that's the biggest misconception with a lot of people. They think that raw food is just cold salads and juices and smoothies. And I was like, wow, I can never live like that. <laughs> I need warming foods. I live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And so you can definitely still eat a lot of warm, comforting meals done in a raw way. Okay, that sounds great. That's kind of an easy, easy way to remember. And how does one get started? Like if somebody decides to try to inch. I mean, we all eat some raw food. I mean, I suppose we eat it. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. So it's like you tell a non-vegan, here's a vegan apple. Oh my God. You know, so yeah. apples are a good <laughs> example. That's an easy one to adopt. But how, how can we yeah. go a little bit deeper into that? Where do we start? Yeah, really good question. So the easiest place to start, obviously, is incorporating a smoothie into your daily diet. And smoothies are great because you can pack them with a lot of nutrition. So you can put in a bunch of fruit, veggies, superfoods, you know, the superfood powders and get all of these things um, packed into one big nutritious smoothie. So I always tell people that, like, if you are wanting to start with higher vibrational, higher living foods and get a lot of nutrition, then start with a daily smoothie every morning. Okay. And what's next? What comes after? And then start incorporating raw meals. So you can start incorporating, um, if people are going from a cook to a, a raw diet, I always say maybe do a raw cooked fusion, which is how I eat now. So my one main meal will have like steamed sweet potatoes or steamed yams with just a bunch of raw veggies and a big raw salad done with a homemade raw dressing because raw dressings are so easy to make homemade dressings, right? You know, or you can have some grains to start off with. Um, so just start incorporating more raw ingredients into your dishes. 
And then maybe have some raw chocolate for dessert. Okay. <laughs> or okay. a little little raw dessert, <laughs> little raw cake, because you know that's really easy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just start from there. And then obviously people go to different levels. So for me, um, I had started. I started incorporating juicing about a couple months after I started eating more higher raw foods. And so juicing is a really good way again to get a lot of nutrients in one glass. Um, which is why I love juicing and it's super hydration and a lot of good stuff. Um, what about, do you eat any beans or legumes? Are those considered to be cooked? I guess so if they're not fresh. Yeah, they are cooked, but you can also make, I sprout mung beans. So you can sprout mung beans, you can sprout lentils, you can sprout chickpeas. I never have too much success with chickpeas. I don't use chickpeas a lot, but Lentils and mung beans sprout really easily. So I sprout those all the time. I even make like barbecue sprouted lentils and then dehydrators. So they're crispy and crunchy and they're seasoned and you can add them on top of your salad. So yeah, they're really good. Um, more protein and fiber to add to your meals as well. Right, right. And it's very satisfying to bring in the different textures as opposed to yeah. just having one same experience in your mouth the whole, the whole meal. Exactly. I'm all about texture and food, for sure. That's awesome. What about uh, equipment? You've mentioned, you know, you went, the first thing you did, you went and you bought yourself the Vitamix. Uh, you've talked about dehydrator. Are those kinds of appliances, I mean, a Vitamix is necessary to life. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's a given. Just in general. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, there was a, about a year and a half ago, I was in my office working and my husband was doing the dishes and I hear the sound and I hear swearing and I know that the Vitamix jar is broken. You know, it's just, oh, I, no. I know for sure that's what happened. Like he had the handle in one hand and the jar was, was broken. Yeah. I, I don't even understand how that could possibly happen. But before I stood up from my desk and went to the kitchen to check if it was okay, I just ordered a new one. <laughs> And then I went to the kitchen and I said, are you okay? And he was like, I broke it. And I used, you're going to be so upset. I was like, I already ordered another one. We just cannot live without it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so minute. funny. Yeah. Did you not try to get the it's warranty? Absolutely necessary. It's, a, it's absolutely necessary. Oh, it was 10 oh, years yes. old. So. so the Vitamix obviously is essential to life. I think as a vegan in general, and you've mentioned it was your first purchase why is it important um, for vegan food? I'm sorry, for raw food. There's so many things you can do with it. So obviously you can make your smoothies, but you can make dressings and sauces, which are really important. For me, I like to have really smooth and creamy thing like sauces and uh, smoothies and dressings. And I find you can only get that result with the Vitamix. Uh, you can also make soups in the Vitamix. Um, bases for different things. You can make wraps, uh, so, so many things. So it's very, very versatile. So I feel like if you're going to get into raw food, you need a really good high-speed blender and you don't have to get a Vitamix. A lot of people are really partial to like Blendtec. And there's also a lot of other really good high-speed power blenders out there, like the Omni Blend that's available now. Um, yeah. So it's just a really good versatile tool. Anything else you need in terms of appliances? If you want to eat more, more raw food. Yeah. So just starting out really, that's all you need, but I always do recommend also a food processor because if you want to make things like 
if you want to get into raw desserts and make cake crusts and or even like raw breads or uh, energy bites or power bars or any of that kind of thing, it's really hard to make that in your Vitamix. You need a food processor because otherwise the Vitamix will just make something like a nut butter um, because it processes ingredients really quickly. Where in a food processor, it's, it doesn't and you can still get that chunky texture. And food processors, I always recommend, like if you're just starting out and you don't want to get an expensive food processor, I had a $40 Hamilton Beach food food processor from Amazon for four years before I upgraded to a Cuisine Art. So you don't need a really expensive one. You can get a really cheap food processor and start from there. You know, I I had one of those. Mine was from Canadian Tire, but I'm pretty sure it was a $40 Hamilton Beach. And I replaced it with a Cuisine Art, and I think I missed the Hamilton Beach. <laughs> it was much easier to clean. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the first criteria for me for a food processor. But I got to say, sometimes I feel like saying goodbye to my food processor because it takes a lot of room. But now I'm listening to you, and I'm like, okay, I, I need to give it more raw food and give it a chance to live to its full potential. What else? You mentioned the dehydrator. Is that a must-have or really good to have? And what do you yeah, do with I mean, it? Well, you have one. For me, I can't, I can't live without my dehydrator, but it, I, it all depends. I mean, obviously, it's a lot to purchase at once if you don't have these pieces of equipment. And a dehydrator is um, a pretty big investment just up there, you know, with a Vitamix. So if you really want to get into raw foods and start, you know, exploring textures like wraps and breads and warming foods, things that are crunchy to add texture to your salads, then I would say, yes, just get the dehydrator. And I always recommend, people always ask me, should I just start off with a four or five tray? And I'm like, no, it will fill up so fast. You definitely want to just splurge and start with the nine tray because otherwise you'll be so unhappy with your four or five tray. So go yeah, big or I go mean, home with the dehydrator. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I have a free dehydrator training, actually, people can find on my website. And it's a whole class with a bunch of recipes and all the technical um, aspects on how to use an Excalibur dehydrator and brands that I recommend and all of that stuff. So if people really want to learn about dehydrating, then they can get that uh, free class. Fantastic. Warmly recommended. Not too warm, not above 115 degrees, but it's, it's a great class to take. That's for sure. And a big question that I certainly have, and I would have had that question a few years ago, but now in the context of rising food costs, the question is even more uh, pressing than it was before. Mm -hmm. How is it possible to eat raw on a somewhat uh, limited or reasonable food budget? Because the cost of nuts and seeds and even fresh fruit can be a if not prohibitive, at least a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many different options. So number one, I always recommend if you're going to be buying a lot of dry ingredients like nuts and seeds, don't ever buy them retail from the store. Buy them in bulk from online suppliers because you'll be saving yourselves about triple the cost. Um, For example, like almond, I mean, everything has increased so much in price. Like I remember when I could get a pound of almonds in bulk for like $11 and I think it's like $15 now in bulk. But if you go to the store, it's like over $30 retail for a pound of raw almonds. 
So buy in bulk, you do have to pay shipping, but even with the increased fuel surcharges and everything like that, these suppliers have um, have now more contacts with different couriers, so you can still keep the cost down in shipping. So don't be afraid of that aspect, but the more you buy, the cheaper it is. So I always stock up. I'll buy big, like five pound bags of all my nuts and seeds. And I have a little mini bar fridge on my balcony where I store them all. Um, and so it keeps them fresh for a year, or even longer. So don't be afraid to stock up and get a lot at once just to save yourself those costs. And then you always have them. And then with fresh produce, farmer's markets are always going to be less expensive than the retail store. I like to buy organic and or spray free, but what's really great about the farmer's markets is that they have a lot of spray free farms that sell their produce. Cause you know, you don't, we all know the organic certification is like the whole loophole to get. So like if you can just find anything that's spray free, that's amazing as well. But yeah, going to your farmer's markets, buying local um, and yeah, for fresh produce for my fruit, I always buy frozen fruit because it's way cheaper than buying fresh fruit. And here in Canada, as you know, it's really hard to get good quality yeah. fresh fruit other than like bananas and citrus and apples, right? So I buy, I buy big bags of frozen fruit. Um, yeah, so there's so many different ways that you can save. And I mean, we find, even my husband says this all the time, that we, you know, when people say that eating healthy is expensive and it's not when you look at like meat and cheese and all of these products, I mean, to, those are like insanely expensive now. And um, I find that you can still eat healthy and raw vegan on a budget for sure. That sounds fantastic. In terms of, you, you did mention having a mini fridge, um, because I suppose you don't want to stock up too much on things like nuts that can go rancid if you're not going to be able to refrigerate them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So really high fat nuts and seeds like walnuts and um, pumpkin seeds go around so really easily flax seeds um you definitely want to store them in a cooler environment like the fridge this is why i have a mini bar fridge on my balcony and you can get these mini bar fridges for like a little over a hundred dollars now um and it's great so it keeps them fresh for a really long time but if you're going to keep them at room temperature yes then you have to be careful and you can't store them too too long and this is why I don't like the bulk bins in the grocery stores because you're like, how long have those <laughs> walnuts or pumpkin seeds been sitting in that bin for? I don't know how fresh they are. So buying in bulk is just much better for that anyways. But even if you don't have a lot of fridge room, what I do as well is when I get my huge bulk order in, I will soak and dehydrate a big batch of nuts and seeds. And then I keep them in the freezer. So there are, now they're soaked, dehydrated, and they're in the freezer. They're going to last even longer. But what's great about that is I don't remember how to soak them um, to remove the phytic acid and neutralize the enzyme inhibitors. So I have my soaked nuts and seeds all ready to go if I want to make almond milk. I have them already prepared. I can just throw them in the blender, soaked and dehydrated, and blend them with some water, make some almond milk. So that saves a lot of time as well. That sounds great. So from there, if... Um, people listening to us want to dip their toes a little bit further, perhaps down to their knees or even more. I know you offer a lot of really good courses. Tell me a little bit more about where you would recommend someone start and where they could go after that. Yeah, sure. So I do offer um, a wide variety of courses for if people want to learn more about raw food. 
I always say to start with raw desserts because <laughs> it's really fun and you can get really creative in the kitchen. And I have some uh, mini courses as well that people can take online if they just want to dip their toes and just do one recipe. They can um, just try out, you know, one recipe and do that. And then I have a little mini um, cake course that's all nut-free raw cakes. And then I have a full raw dessert course, which people can take if they really want to dive into raw desserts. And then I also have a course that I collaborated with another chef in the States. His name is Don Maloney. And we created raw food, Academy, raw food culinary Academy, which is everything about raw food, all the savory side, you know, everything from sprouting using all of how to use all of the equipment. Um, and that's for really anybody for any level can take the courses. I mean, you don't have to be wanting to do it professionally. There, it's for home cooks as well, people who have never done raw food before, because it really takes you from the beginning stages to intermediate to advanced. That is um, very appealing. And you know, uh, I think I'm going to sign up. I hope he's not listening, my husband, for your uh, raw dessert course as a Christmas present. Nice. I think it's a nice. Uh, creative activity and uh, for anybody who's a yeah. little bit of a health nut and interested in sweet things, I think it just makes a really nice Christmas present and way better. I mean, you can also give like somebody like me another dehydrator. That's, that's a good Christmas present too. Yeah, <laughs> but I find it, of course, I find the course uh, hands-on. It makes a really nice uh, present that has mm -hmm. longer lasting positive impact and joy and something we can even do together. So yeah, I like that. Exactly. Do together. And exactly. It'd be a fun family um, thing to do. And those are always the best gifts. Yes, totally. And uh, I very much look forward to your book when this episode um, is broadcast. It may have just come out. We don't have a picture yet, but I'll put one up uh, with the show notes. It is called the art of raw desserts. And it will be published in mid-December 2022 and available worldwide. I'm so yes. thrilled that it's going to come out for your, uh, your raw and sweet genius. Thank you so spread much. Spread all over the planet. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you, Crystal, for being here today. It was wonderful um, spending more time with you. And I will make sure to share um, the link to your website and to your dehydrator course, among other things, so people can get acquainted with you and bring more living foods into their life. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me to be on here.